Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you certainly now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J-Cat Mars. I do believe on the line now I have my guest, who is Darby Allen. What's going on, man? Can you hear me? Yeah, man. All right, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Excellent. All right. Um, Well, you know, I I became aware of you from some viral videos you got on the Internet with – you know, the evolved shows you've been involved with and everything. And I don't know a whole ton about you, but figure I'd bring you on the show and, you know, get to know a little bit more. Um, when did you get into wrestling as a kid? Uh, I started watching when I was around five, but I didn't start actually wrestling and training until like two years ago. This month, it has been two years of actually wrestling. Okay. Um, you know, when you were a kid watching wrestling and stuff like that, who were your favorite guys? Like, what was, you know, what really drew you into it? Um, I really liked the cruiserweights, for sure. Like, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and all of those. Those were the ones that definitely wanted me, made me want to get into wrestling. 
Um, you know, following that, did you get into like the indies and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, here and there, but um, uh, yeah, I would just follow like old like world of sport, and I'm not really too too familiar with like most indies, but I do just like old old school wrestling more than anything. Okay, um, what made you want to get into actually training and? You know, what led you into training? Well, I was doing skateboarding for the longest time. I'd film for, like, Tony Hawk, and I'd film for, like, MTV. I did a lot of stuff for them. And mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be a pro wrestler, but I just never thought it was in the cards. But I decided to move to Seattle, and that's where I started training. And things just ended up going going pretty smooth for that and yeah pretty much I what just, uh just like screw what uh what school did you go to to train the buddy wayne academy in everett washington okay very very yeah, old school very old school right. wrestling there's not a lot of i don't know it's for me i i don't really like the whole like indie style like the fast-paced i don't know i i like for me i'd I'd like to just like tell stories and have psychology as much as i can Mm -hmm. if given the chance yeah um you know was the training what you expected or you know was it a a shock because i mean it's a you know big leap from skateboarding for sure yeah um everybody they're like i get in there the first day and he's like it's gonna hurt tomorrow and i was like I'm I'm so used to pain by now, like with the skateboarding and the filming for like MTV and all those stunts. Like I was just like, trust me, I I, I can deal with pain. Like that wasn't the problem. The the main challenge was actually learning and studying and perfecting the craft and the psychology part and all of that. Like that was the fun part. But the pain, like no, it wasn't wasn't anything I couldn't take. All right. Um. Well. How did you come up with a gimmick, a name, like how you were going to put yourself out there and, you know, going forward from training, you know, how how did you come up with a persona? Well, I've always wanted to kind of just be myself as much as I could. I didn't want to be something I'm not. So I figured, you know, I'm really into punk rock. So I figured I just try to blend some, like, bands together that I like, like the Germs and Gigi Allen. So there you create Darby mm-hmm. Allen. And then I figured I I like very like Lucha style as well and I think that's what I'd like to do at, like in my matches and stuff because like I don't think anybody wants to see me like old school chain wrestle per se. But just it was pretty natural the transition of from going to the school because I still train three times a week there. Mm. I haven't stopped training. I do train like all the right. time, and I I don't plan on stopping because there's there's always something new to learn. And why would you think that you have all the answers? Like oh I'm done training, I'm good. I'm like no, I'm still I'm gonna go to England and train with Marty Jones. I'm not gonna stop training, and I'm gonna keep doing my best to get better because I've only been here for like two years in wrestling, so I don't plan on slowing right. down with my learning. Now, where did you wrestle primarily, like, you know, coming out of training? I just wrestled. I've only had about 30 matches 
before I've entered Evolve. Um, before that, I just did shows in the Seattle area, like Project 42. It's a Seattle promotion run by Ethan HD, a friend of mine. But um, besides that, I, I haven't had that much matches. I've just trained three times a week consistently, tried to hit all these camps I possibly could and learn. I wasn't I wasn't too concerned with actually like wrestling matches. I just wanted to get as best as I could before going out on the like in matches and stuff like that. I just wanted to train as much as I could and didn't want to Yeah, like I wasn't concerned on actually like wrestling the matches. I wanted to just train as much. But then I went to the Evolve camp and then everything changed. How did you get noticed to evolve and, you know, move into, you know, that scene? Well, I went WrestleMania weekend this year to their seminar slash tryout camp. And I just went on a whim with my friend. We're like, let's do this for, like, experience. You know, nobody was really expecting to get picked up or to get noticed. And we just said, let's just go 100% ball to the wall with this. And we went there, slept on floors, you know, we didn't have any money or anything like that, so we just went there to just for the experience and ended up doing decent in the tryout, and I got to wrestle Ethan Page the next day on the show. So that was a very, like, it was a good surprise for me, and I just took the ball and ran with it. Now, um, was that the one with the uh, the ring post bump? No, that was, uh, this one was Evolve uh, 59, in Dallas, that was in Ybor City. Yeah, so I got a rematch against him after my first initial match I had. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, that I mean, that was the first thing I saw of you was the ring post bump. Um, you know, it was very reminiscent of the old school. I don't know if you ever saw the hit squad when they used to throw people into the wall in Bayonne. Um, yeah, it was yeah very, everybody, everybody very would be... Yeah, everybody blasting me about that, saying, oh, man. And I was like, I looked it up, and I saw it for myself. But before that, I'd never heard of it. But I did look it up for sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, how did you guys come up with that, you know, that was what you were going to do and, you know, just go forward? Well, the thing it. is, um, I like to enter a building and look around and think about what I can use, not just in the ring, but as a building itself, like, would be the best. I'm like looking around. And I'm like, hmm. I get in there that day because I also went to another tryout camp that day, and I saw the pull, and I was like, oh, I wonder if I can get do something with this. So we just that's where it came from, and I asked Ethan Page if he was okay with it, and we were good to go. <laughs> um, any injuries coming off of that, or I, did it go just no? Exactly I, I, I thought it was. Yeah, no, I uh, I wrestled the next day. Everything was perfectly fine. Surprisingly, everybody thought I wasn't going to be able to walk the next day, but I got there and helped set up the ring, helped do it all. It, no, I'm good. I um, I'm very used to I I'm very used to falling and all of that stuff just from years of stunt work and years of skateboarding and whatnot. So surprisingly, there was no injuries, but. Also, it could have ended really bad. 
Sure. Um, what kind of attention did you get coming off of that? Because, I mean, again, I mean, it was that type of thing that, you know, made me go, man, who is this guy? This, this guy's out of his mind. And, and you follow that up with something probably even crazier. <laughs> yeah, the reason I was like, I mainly wanted to do it was because, A, like you said, nobody even might have heard of me. And I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be the guy that, like, gets stemmed as, oh, all he does is hardcore. Like, I do love to wrestle. Mm-hmm. But I felt like my time and my place on that show was just to go something out of left field and just catch someone's, like, catch people's attention. Because I, I feel like, you know, I got to make as much as an impact as little as time just because that's how I like to roll. Sure. And, you know, uh, the the next big spot was, you know, the backdrop to the outside, which is something I, I generally only saw in old school video games where you'd, you know, you'd be able to pull that off and get the guy over the ropes to the, the guardrail. Um, you know, how, how'd you come up with that? And, uh, you know, was that like a, you know, something you had planned for a while or? Well, no, I, uh, I got to the building that day, same approach as Ybor City, looked around see what I could use like part that's part of the building that's not going to be at other venues and I noticed that guardrail right there and it, it wasn't moving so I figured oh this is sturdy enough to go into and what have you but um yeah that's that's pretty much how I approached it but that was a pretty that's a wild ride for sure yeah Jesus Christ um now you know do you worry about getting you know, kind of cornered into that spot or typecast into that spot as like the big bump guy and having expectations to do something crazy every time out. Well, yeah, it's the same way it was in my skateboard career when I would film for like Tony Hawk, like I was saying, I would be known as the guy that would just try the scariest things. And I didn't really like that to be casted as that, but I knew that was kind of my calling in skateboarding and that's the same how it was in wrestling. So if I could get anybody's attention and then from there, they look at me and actually notice, Hey, this kid actually likes to wrestle. And on top of that, he likes right. to old school wrestle. He likes to actually tell the story. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't like to be a spot guy per se. I'd like to mm-hmm. like to go out there and have everything make sense, but it's just the time and place, you know, like who, come on. Like, do you think you would be interviewing me if I played it safe? Or do you think anybody would even care if I played it safe? So I just go out there and I make yeah. make the most of it. And I, you know, life's a gamble. I, I've there's a lot of things that happened in my life that I don't even, you know, almost dying like many times. And I, life's just a gamble. And you know, I wouldn't change it because it just makes me want to live more. And that's why I got that tattooed on my chest. Nothing goes on the underground, you know, because. I'm just going to live, like, ride this life out until I'm underground. Like, nothing is over for me. Like, I don't know. I just like to 100% full speed ahead. Now, you know, as such a huge risk taker as as you clearly are, um, have you thought about, like, the deathmatch scene or any of that stuff? No, not at all. I have no desire. I have not thought about that at all. One bit. I have nothing to, like, that's that's good if that's their their scene but for myself mm-hmm. i have no no desire whatsoever 
Well, it's understandable. Everybody has their own thing, but you know, again, with the risk taking, it definitely, I'm sure your phone's going to ring a few times. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. Like I've watched, I've watched those, of course, like who hasn't watched those, but I just thought to sure. myself, like if I could just get the chance to wrestle and that's all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm down with taking the stunts because don't get me wrong. Like the Jeff Hardy's, the mankind's, as a kid, like that's what right. caught your attention almost more than anything, like in wrestling. And you're like, if I could just have that feeling of effect on somebody else, like as I was growing up watching that, that would be amazing. But I, I never felt the need to, you know, jump through glass or playing thumbtacks. Like it's just not my scene as much as much crazy stuff as I'm into. It's just not my scene. Right. Um, now, I've had a, a bunch of people, too, because the video was shared and shared, and you know, a lot of people were, you know, chiming in on it and different wrestlers and stuff. And, uh, you know, some of the guys were saying, you know, your bump card is filling up really fast, and, you know, what's your longevity going to be like? Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, what's, what you're hoping to accomplish as far as, you know, time in the business? I'm hoping, like like you said, the next day, after I took that back bump, after I took the backdrop over the top rope, the next day everybody's like, man, you do have a bump card. You realize that. And I said, yeah, I understand. It's just, but at the same time, in 2016, it's so diff- hard to get noticed, I feel like, in wrestling, considering there's a whole world out there. And I felt safe. I feel like I know, I know as crazy as it may sound, I feel like I know what I'm doing whether it's the backdrop or whether it's the pole, I feel safe. I feel safe. May not to other people, but I do. And I feel with the bump card, I understand that there's a bump card, but now I got to pick when, like now that people have started to get a grasp on me, I feel like there's times to, you know, there's battles that you need to pick instead of doing it every night. I'm going to choose my battles and, I understand now, now that people are kind of getting to know me, that I don't need to do that every single time. So I do understand there's a bump card, and I totally respect that. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you've gotten some negative criticism. Like even, um, you know, leading into this, you know, having you on the show, Joey Janela popped up on my, um, you know, announcing that you'd be on the show and said, ask him how it feels to be a bootleg bad boy. So I, you know, I don't know if you – had any past with Joey or, or, or what the case, but how I, do you respond to that? I don't know. I didn't know Joey at all. Like previously, like, cause like I said, I don't really follow the Indies that much. So mm-hmm. I, of course I, 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 I've heard of him on Twitter after I took these bumps, but I don't care, man. There's a whole world out there. No one needs to be concerned. Live your own life. Worry about yourself. There's a whole world out there. Like, why do you care? A bootleg, like, man, there's so much more things you should be worrying about in your life. It's just, who cares? I don't care. There's nothing that, right. you call, call me what you want to call me. I, I live with myself. I know myself. I don't care what anyone says. All right. Yeah, that's, that's the way to be, man. Um, so, 
you know, you, you're doing some big things. You want to see, you know, people to see you wrestle. What are your ultimate goals as far as, you know, some people just, they want to get to Japan a lot. Of, most people want to get to the WWE, but I mean, what's your, your ultimate realistic goals that you really want to shoot for? Well, at the moment, I don't want to think so far ahead where you lose, you lose like what's in, in front of you right now. I don't want to worry about what's, going to happen years from now I want to worry about what I can make the most of today and Mm -hmm. as of now I just want to make the most impact as I can and evolve that's all All I'm thinking about as of now all right do you have any dream matches I mean you know guys in the business you'd love to work with whether it be in evolve or you know wherever else yeah I, I do I, I would love to wrestle like the Zack Sabres, of course. Like, who wouldn't? Because I do mm-hmm. like to technical wrestle. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't want to be classified as a dude that just wants to do crazy stuff. I do want to show, and I'd love to get in there with a Mascara Dorada, you know, just Lucha, mm-hmm. all that all that cool stuff. I That's what I like. I like wrestling, whether it's technical wrestling or it's Lucha. I'm not a fan of hardcore. Like, it's just not my thing. So, I I want to get in there and actually, I respect, like, the Japanese wrestling and all the old school wrestling because the people watching it actually respect the performers. They're not there to use them and forget about them tomorrow when they're all beaten down and broken down and stuff like that. I, I want to, that's why I like Evolve. A lot of people there, fan-wise, love the wrestling. And that's what I that's what mm-hmm. I like. It's it's better than just you know getting to a promotion where someone just wants to see you die all the time and forget <laughs> yeah. about you tomorrow. Where you're living in that body, you're the one who's beat up, and they don't care. But I feel like you know it's a company where the fans actually do care for the most part about the wrestlers' health, and actually it's it's good. It's really it's a really fun company. Yeah. Um, do you prefer to be a heel or a face? A face. Yeah. Uh, for 100% because I love selling and I love getting sympathy and I just love having offense that catches people's eyes and is exciting and you know, I don't know. I for me a heel, to be honest, I've never even worked as a heel. So who knows? Maybe I would love it. Yeah. But as of now, huh. I a face for sure. Cool. Um, what um what upcoming shows you have going on? I'm currently going to be wrestling at Russell Sport, which is a promotion in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we're doing a show for them next week, and after that. I am going to be in Evolve again in September. September is their next show? Uh, for Evolve, that's the next time I'm going to be there. Their next show is in August, but I'm going to be at okay. the September one in New York. And those are right, cool. mainly, yeah, those are mainly, otherwise than that, I'm going to be training and just getting more experience. But yeah. So. Um, is there anything else you want to put out there, you know, plug or, you know, anything you want to say 
<laughs> yeah, I'd say tell people to check out my um, Facebook or actually check out some of my matches on YouTube and find out that I'm not the dude that just likes to bump. Actually find out that I do like to wrestle. So, I don't know. That's pretty much the only plug. So, if cool man take the time, take the time to actually see that, you know, this kid does like wrestling. <laughs> That's what I'd like to. Awesome, man. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. I'd like to have you back on in the future. Like, you know, hopefully that that bump car doesn't fill up too quick, man. Because I like some of the stuff you're doing out there, and um, you know, they, you know, the ring work previous to the flying into the guardrail, you know, was pretty solid <laughs> to me. So, I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I hope another to see thing. a lot more of you in the future. Everything everybody says, because I'm like, I'm straight edge as well, and everybody's like, oh man, like you're not gonna be straight edge, straight edge after taking those bumps. I'm like, dude, don't worry, man. Like that's just that's the funniest thing is everybody thinks I'm gonna be all taking all these pain pills, but I haven't taken a pain pill since any of those bumps, and I'm feeling groovy. That that's great, man. Have have you had a problem with like you know a lot of people pushing it and stuff? Because in wrestling, it's you know, pretty free-flowing stuff. No, nobody, you know, nobody's, like, peer-pressured me. And if they did, I'd tell them to screw themselves. Because, you know, this ain't high school for me, man. This is, like, this is my dream right now. I ain't going to play no games. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Nobody said anything to me about doing it yet. So I don't care about it. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, man. Like I said, um, I appreciate you coming on, and um, definitely like to have you back on in the future, man. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. All man, right. Take care, you. man. Bye. So there you go. There's Darby Allen, man, setting the fucking internet on fire with you know these, these fucking bumps he's taking. And like I said, man, his, his ring work looks good. You know, I only saw so much of him. Uh, so I want to have him on, maybe talk to him a little bit and, you know, find out a little bit more, but, um, he, he, uh, he's a, he's a guy to keep an eye on because he's doing some exciting shit out there. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, I'm going to play a track, come back. I got a couple things to cover. I'm on the fence on whether I want to really air out something else and uh, I might just wait for next week. Let my head cool down or something, but I I don't know. I I'm not that type of fucking dude. So all right, uh, take a break. Come back.
some shit about that 5.0 They must have seen me kill that man and run off in a hurry Left the cola and the cat and the money Cause the niggas dirt Hate seven Nina for the play, I got a fat 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 trying to get on here all day 
got to cancel again. Fuck. So that was that. So hopefully in the future I'll have Josh Crane back on. It's one of those things, like, if I get a, you know, I get a couple cancellations and stuff, you know, regardless of, you know, it could be his fault, or, you know, it could be out of his hands, this and that. I don't I don't continuously go back to the same well if it's dry, you know what I mean? That's just, that's not my style. I, I'm just not going to continue to go to something that didn't work. So hopefully it works out in the future where he's able to do it and it works perfectly in his schedule and he's able to do it. But I'm, I'm not going to, you know, continue to try to week after week, well, next week he's going to be on. Okay, well, next week he's going to be on. Well, next week, I mean, come on, man. What the fuck is it, you know? So, again, you know, no... No, no problem with the dude or anything like that. It's just you know, it is what it is. So um, you know, hopefully everything works out for the dude. He gets back on his feet. I know, you know, right around the fucking corner is uh, King of the Death match. I want to say that's like next weekend or something. So um, you know, not this coming weekend, but the following. So you know, uh, he's gonna be in King of the Death match. So that's that's a big fucking outing. Hopefully everything's you know all right for him health wise and everything by then because uh, you know that's that's a lot to fucking deal with. Um. So, so that's that. Um, what, um, what else? Oh, Spartan race. Uh, the Super Spartan man. That is the the middle of the three races. There's the Spartan Sprint. There's the Spartan Super, and then there's the uh, Spartan Beast. I did the Sprint and the Beast two weeks apart in April, and knocked those right out of the way. Bam! Had two thirds of my trifecta done, and. Uh, you know, that beast was bad as a motherfucker, man. Seven plus hours out there. Um, you know, luckily the temperature was good. You know, um, the beast, if I had to do that under these temperatures, I, I don't know that I would have fucking made that shit. Um, you know, I've stepped up to every challenge I've been given as far as these races and pushed myself through. So who knows? Maybe I, you know, I would have found a, found a way or found another level in me or something. But, um, Holy shit, man. This was, it was at least 95 degrees out there. Uh, the the Super Spartan is about um, eight, nine miles. I want to say like nine miles, something like that. Um, on a fucking mountain. It was in the, the area of the Poconos, Blue Mountain, if that means anything. Um, I've never been to this venue before, but again, I, I really wanted to get away from the winter races this year. Enough with the fucking cold. Because to me, that was like the worst thing in the world. I have like a somewhat of a rivaling second <laughs> with the uh, the heat. Um, I really like the fucking heat. I, I'm big on fucking hot temperatures, man. But uh, I've never done a race in 95 degrees before. And that is a bad motherfucker right there. Um, I definitely, definitely should have fucking brought my camel back. Uh, which I didn't. I, I have one. And in the past, I've had... Uh, you know, I've had Nina carry it, you know, as a spectator. And then when I'd see her, I'd have extra water stops just seeing her. Uh, well, this race, I had the twins with me. So, um, wasn't, she wasn't able to really get all over the mountain as she normally is. Uh, so I wasn't going to, you know, bring the, the camel back for that reason. Um, and I, and I really should have brought it and carried it my fucking self. Um, you know, it's a pain in the ass to run with, but, you know, quite honestly, I didn't do a lot of fucking all-out running because this was a very steep, very jagged, rocky mountain. 
So there wasn't a lot of like straight out fucking sprinting. And if I would have had a fucking pack on me full of water, I would have been fucking better off. I could tell you that much. Uh, so, you know, next time, next year, that's for sure. Um, it was fucking brutal, man. My legs the next day, no problem. I felt like I could fucking sprint the next day. But my head by the end of that race was just like you could feel like your heart beating your head. Just like a pounding, literally pounding headache. And uh, just so hard to exert yourself because the more pressure, the more strength you put out, the more you flex, the more that fucking pain kicks up. Um, so really, really rough. The end was really tough to finish, but, um, you know, got through it. So I don't know, what can you do? Uh, my race season is complete. I, I set out to do uh trifecta this year, just like I did last year, which I completed, uh, a tough mutter again this year. Like I did the last, I think three years now, I, I just did my fourth tough mutter. So, yeah, this is the uh, yellow headband. Um, so, fourth Tough Mudder, and then I, I wanted to do at least three laps on the Battle Frog Extreme, and I did four, which was another, like, seven-hour race, just shy of seven hours. So, and uh, that was that was last month. So, I set out everything. I, I did everything I set out to do. Very, very happy with my race season. And now I get to just train harder than a motherfucker for next season to be that much better. Um, it, it's, you know, I, I keep getting progressively stronger and better and, and all of that stuff. And uh, it's pretty exciting. Again, you know, I've always said I, I really wish I started this at a younger age, but it is what it is. You can only, uh, you know, you can't subtract years. You can only add them. So, um I decided this week because man, just, just like a whole list of bullshits happened with me this week that, uh, been kind of fucking irritating. I had, um, the truck fucking broke, uh, again, this fucking thing was broken a million fucking times. So some shit broke on it this time, which could cost me up around two, three hundred dollars some, some crazy shit like that. Um, so I'm, you know, I've been able to get to working back, but Jim isn't really in the in the cards as far as me being able to get there. So this week I, I really wanted to step up my run game. Anyway, um, last night I did so and I, I ran eight and a half miles. Um, I'm hoping that the weather will hold out because I'm seeing like rain in the forecast for tomorrow and Friday. So I'm hoping I can get the weather to fucking hold out like Friday or something like that because I'd like to put in another big run then. So I want to put together a couple big runs a week, um, maybe some smaller runs. But when I do, because it's so hard for me to just get the fuck out there, I have the hardest time and motivation to get out and run. But when I do, I'm fucking harder to stop. You know what I mean? Like at that point, once I'm out there, I start challenging myself. That's when, you know, the numbers start going up in my head. If I'm at five, I want to hit six or I want to hit seven. I start to, you know, I, I mean, my legs were sore as shit cause I haven't run in a minute and, uh, eight and a half miles was definitely going through my mind. Why not 10 or, you know, if you hit eight and a half, why not nine? And then, you know, if you hit nine, you're going to want to hit that 10. So, I mean, it's just, it's fucking obsessive with me that way. Um, the motivation to go do it is a whole different thing because I just don't like to run. Um, once I'm doing it, I'm all right. But uh, I don't know what it is. It's, it's really difficult to get to go to do. So, um, 
but yeah, I'm trying to really push that and step my game up in that and really start to do just like a ton more cardio stuff. I'm going to try to break out the, uh, the battle ropes this weekend, do some shit with that. Um, maybe a little gorilla kettlebell, um, you know, the fucking 70 pound kettlebell, you know, a bunch of different shit like that. And then just really just try to push myself and, uh, you know, see where I'm at there. Uh, uh, yeah, like I said, I just, the more I could excel in different directions, the more it's going to help me, you know, come race time. And, and I usually don't notice nearly as much of how much progress I've made until race time. This year when I started going, I was like, holy shit, like, I did that seven-hour beast, and my legs weren't dead, like, the way that they've been in past years. Like, I never done a race that long, and somehow coming off of it the following day or two days later, legs were sore but not shot. I mean, when I first started doing these races, the next day, I couldn't fucking move. Like, I felt like a car hit me in the legs, let alone, you know, fucking walking around and all that. So, I was sore, but not, like, fucking, uh, I can't fucking move at all sore. So, pretty fucking awesome. And uh, just going to continue to, you know, just push. So, I'm sure you guys all see, you know, what goes on with me because I post all this shit. But, uh that's that. Um, what else? Oh, and then and, and amongst all of that shit, too. I remember I had said that um, my PlayStation had broke, and then I brought it down there, and it turns out it was probably the Comcast box that was heating up too much. And then I put, like, a, you know, like a, a fucking, uh, like a toolbox kind of thing in between the Comcast box and the uh, the PlayStation 4. So, uh, that was working for a while, and I don't play the, uh, the PlayStation tons. I really just don't have time for it, and you know, by the time I get home from work, I, I just don't have a lot of time to fuck around. So um, I I just haven't played it much. But I went to go play it the one night, and same fucking thing happened. So whatever was on its way to breaking or whatever, it well, it's fucking finished now. Um, because it's not directly on top of the Comcast box anymore. Hasn't been for you know, since the last time, and it's fucked up, and now, because I don't really have a vehicle, I, I can't get it back to the fucking store just yet, which, you know, I have enough of a warranty where it's not a big deal, but it's not like when I have less gym time, now I can play some fucking video games, because, uh, that fucking PlayStation broke, so, within the next week, that shit'll fall into place, within the next fucking two days, the, the vehicle will fall into place, so it'll all be good, but real fucking bitch, this week um what else what else um you know i, I want to touch on this part of this uh, we'll see how far i go on the other side of things but um i did a podcast with eric who was you know previous uh co-host of you know yakuza gig radio uh you know he, he helped me start it the whole deal i'm not going to go through all that anyway uh he asked me what was the worst as far as like a guest no showing type deal? My answer to him was the AR Fox situation. And, you know, for those who don't know, the AR Fox situation is this. I had scheduled AR Fox to come on the show. And this was just after, and I mean like just after the whole thing hit the internet that with the, you know, him doing a gay porn. So I um and and also keep in mind that this was still during the years that I was fucking heavily drinking. 
so my filter wasn't wasn't <laughs> intact. Um, so I and I personally had no intentions on going at him about the the porn thing. Now I honestly my way of going about it was this. I I had like no way to really like contact him too too much. Like he, he wasn't wasn't as quick like response with messages or anything like that to really go into any of that. So I wasn't going to like, I don't like doing like the pre-interview stuff too much because I like to just kind of more of a conversational thing. So anyway, but my plan on that was, do you have anything to say or do you want to talk about the big controversy and the things that are going around on the internet? And if he said, I want to talk about it, that would have been it. And it wouldn't even said like the title of what I was talking about. So, you know what I mean? It would have been just as vague as that, and it would have went away. That was the absolute most I was going to talk about it, unless he said, oh, yeah, I want to talk about that, and then went into, you know, more about, you know, the whole situation. Well, so that that was that. That was – my part of it was that, right? Well, at the very same time, now – I'm as far as I know, he's calling in. I didn't get like a no, I'm not doing it, nothing, fucking nothing. The show starts and I could swear his number popped up and then disappeared, like real quick. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? So now I'm sitting there and trying to spin plates, which is the worst fucking thing in the world when you have someone that's supposed to call in. And you're going, uh, 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 they should call in any minute. I don't know what to, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what to talk about because how do I waste time for this, you know, uh, uh, so that sucks, man. That just fucking sucks to get hung out there. And, you know, again, doing this podcast thing, it's not some shit that they're getting paid for. So it's just, it's just off of taking someone's word for it. They, you're going to call in, and then when you call in, you know, the taking a word for it is on my end, too. I'm going to be a good enough fucking host to give you, you know, a fair interview, which is, you know, what I did. I mean, I did over four hours with fucking Ian Rotten after he got fucking ambushed by that other fucking scumbag, uh, the worm guy, that fucking guy. So, you know what I mean? Like, and, and honestly, Ian would have never done another fucking interview if anything but that happened because he didn't want to do another fucking interview after that scumbag fucking ambushed him and had everybody that hated him call in and fucking, yeah, he fucking stayed on that line for no fucking reason. Just to fucking, just to not back down. You know what I mean? And it, it, it was a fucking train wreck, but that dude did that shit for listens and that's what he wanted to accomplish. And that was that he's a scumbag. So when Ian came on my shit, he, he actually, um, he, he fucking asked a couple people like, you know, what what's up with this J cat dude? Is he can I trust him and this and that? And I had people, other wrestlers and stuff, vouch for me because that's that you know that's a reputation I put in over time. You know that I'm not gonna fucking just you know ambush people or you know have them on to like start some shit up or anything like that. So, um, that's how that went right, and um the. What do you call it? So I, his number pops up and it's gone. I'm like, what the fuck? So now I'm like like a fucking idiot on the podcast. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm fucking waiting for him to call back in. Eventually, I might even just end the fucking show. I don't know. I don't remember how I filled time that day. Maybe I fucking started talking about some other stuff. Meanwhile, on Wrestling Soup, who at the time, I was I was good friends with those guys. Um, 
Mission Joey over there or whatever. I was, I was good friends with them, and I listened to them on a regular basis at the time. They were doing an all-out fucking roast on the AR Fox porn situation. And just like I said on the fucking Eric podcast, that shit was hilarious. It was probably the funniest show they ever did. I don't fault them at all. It's not like their fucking fault or anything like that, which I said, but now I have to be clearer about that because this is the shit that got thrown at me. So it wasn't their fault. It was just circumstantially, uh, coincidentally, it added insult to injury because they're doing this fucking lambasting, just fucking completely destroying this dude. And amongst it going, oh, and and he's actually on J-Cat's podcast right now. Meanwhile, J-Cat's on his podcast, sounding like a dickhead with no fucking guest, hoping a guest calls in. You know what I mean? So not only did I not have a guest, I had them doing a fucking full-out comedy show going, oh, and this fucking, this dude that was banging a dude, you can find him with J-Cat right now. Which, dude, if I was doing my fucking straight-up interview, wouldn't have been an issue at all. And it's not an issue that they said that whatsoever. The issue to me was AR Fox and those showing me. That was it. You know what I mean? It just, it, the situation sucked for me. That that was my only fucking statement. And, and it was the AR Fox thing I had a problem with. And again, because I was drinking, that fucking, that escalated my fucking, like, I, I fucking turned on AR Fox 100%. You know what I mean? Where, like, now, like, I was just fucking throwing that shit up on the internet every chance I got. He'd have a good match, and I'd fucking comment, like, oh, yeah, well, he's fucking doing this and this. And, and I apologize for all that in the, in the long run. I, I apologized online. I, I fucking told him to his face, you know, th- you know, that I was completely wrong because I was just finding every opportunity to bring that shit up because I was pissed off because he no showed my shit. So again, I I went about that part wrong. So that that was my bad or whatever. But as far as it was what it was, and you know, people are gonna joke about it and shit like that. I mean, I still fucking joke about it with, with like friends and stuff. I'm just not gonna put that shit on blast all over the fucking internet every chance I get or or whatnot. People know about the shit. I mean, it, it is what it is. Like I said, their fucking show, man. They played clips of that shit from top to bottom. You know, they pretty much played the entire fucking movie. Clipped it up and laughed at it. Yeah, I mean, and they still use sound drops for that shit, I think, because I haven't listened to their shit in over a year. So anyway, look, the deal with me and uh, Mish from Wrestling Soup is this. When I first started doing the podcast and they first started doing the podcast, it was probably around the same time. I could be off by maybe a year. I don't fucking know. Uh, I've been doing this for six years. And I know, you know, Mish has done some different things and this and that, and overall has been doing radio-type things way longer than me. But anyway, he um, he was doing his thing. I was doing my thing. We ended up, I, I ended up listening to his stuff, and at some point, we started talking as far as, yo, you know, we should do, like, cross-promotion type thing. He was always a big um, proponent of Don Tony and Kevin Castle show because Don Tony kind of helped him get started, you know what I mean? So that's always been like a like a solid dude to him, and he's always plugged in. I always understand it. 
dude, like, he can plug whatever the fuck he wants. That's definitely not ever my, my issue. What happened was, is it was, at the time, it was me, um, the Sports Den, all those guys. It was uh, Andrew Carluck's deal, which I think was uh, the Star Nation at the time. And uh, shortly after came um, Women Love Wrestling, which is these two chicks out in uh, Canada that would do a wrestling show. So every single fucking week, all those, you could hear all those shows plugged on each other's shows. The girls out in Canada would plug my show. I'd plug their show. Andrew would plug my show. I'd plug his show. Um, Sports Den would plug my show. I'd plug their show. The one thing that didn't stay consistent is wrestling suit. I would plug their show every week, week in, week out, week in, week out. And let's not fucking forget. Let's let's not fucking let out of the fucking sight of, of, of the reality of shit. They had the biggest listenership straight up, hands down. The motherfuckers have been on fire since they started doing this shit. They get hundreds of thousands of downloads. Way above and beyond anything I ever have got, will get any of that shit. So there's no delusion of me thinking that my podcast is at the level that theirs is or whatever the fuck that is. I do what I do and it is what it is. And I always hope for, you know, a big listenership, but it is what it is, man. They do a different kind of show and it's fucking tremendously popular. But they would be the ones that fucking forgot to plug. And it was like, you know, hey, man, you forget. Sometimes I forget to do plugs altogether. So a show here and there, no problem, this and that. But then it became more and more like they would start plugging a bunch of other shit, but not me. Still the sports then, still Andrew Carlock, but not me. And then every once in a while I'd talk to the dude and be like, hey, man, like you forgot my shit like three weeks now. Oh, I I didn't know you were still doing a show. He'd say some shit like that, which to me is way more insulting, way more insulting than just forgetting because, dude, Anyone who could fucking actually be on my Facebook page and go, I didn't know you were doing a show. I plug once saying, I'm doing a show on such and such a night. And I plug again saying, here's the fucking show I just did. So at least twice a week, I post on my motherfucking page that I'm doing a show. Every fucking week. So to just like plead ignorance like, Oh, I didn't know you were still doing it. Oh, I still. Oh, you get the fuck. What the fuck, man? And meanwhile, like I'm listening to his shit every week. See, I'm not a good enough podcaster for him to actually listen to my shit. Which it is what it is, man. You're not obligated to listen to me. But if we had some kind of like, hey, man, we're cool, we're friends and shit. We're really friends. We really got some kind of like, you know, cross promotion shit going on. You you forget I'm doing a show at all. Like if I take a week off fucking I'm dead to you or some shit like this that's fucking crazy to me that's crazy as fuck to me and it became more and more like that where it was blatant man and I don't know if it was on purpose I don't know what the reasoning behind it is there's a problem to me with a lot of passive aggressive motherfuckers on Facebook and and just overall I don't deal with shit like that in my life man I'm a straight up dude any you got a fucking problem with me tell me because it's as simple as fucking that man I back my shit up. I say what the fuck I want to say. I do what the fuck I want to do, and I back my shit up. If you look at my life from top to fucking bottom, right now, I'm proud of what the fuck I am and what I do. 
And if you don't like it, you can suck my dick, man. That is bottom fucking line with me. And when it comes down to it, look, man, this is this is a fucking over a year's time. I didn't talk to the dude at all. Because fuck, man, I'm done. I'm done. I don't you know, I stopped plugging wrestling soup. I stopped talking all that shit because I stopped listening to them. I stopped dealing with it. I mean, as far as like why I stopped listening, it wasn't because I was just mad. I got tired of like their content. They're very anti John Cena. It becomes, you know, uh, and, and not only that, like overall, like um, just I, I don't listen to wrestling shows that that just you know do wrap ups on on Raw. Most of the time, I don't even fucking watch Raw. I watch like most of the WWE pay per view on Sunday. Like I, you're not even going to hear me talk about it today because I don't. I, I don't think everybody cares about I mean obviously they have tremendous listeners So they know more than I do But personally don't give a fuck what anyone's opinion On the WWE show is There's a million shows out there to talk about it And I just don't give a fuck Like I don't care what my fucking opinion is on it If I like it I like it If I don't I don't But for me to repeat it to the world What kind of fucking value does that hold I don't know again I'm not knocking their show I'm just saying why it's not for me So you know I got I, I just it kind of burnt out on me, but that's like everything. Like I don't listen to any shit. I used to listen to Don Tony, Kevin Castle. I used to listen to this. I, used to listen, I don't really listen to re- fucking wrestling shows anymore. I'll listen to hot tag every once in a while. More than the times that I listen to them is when I know that there's an indie show that they might be talking about that, you know, I know about, or I want to hear their opinion on, but it's not like WWE stuff. I, I really, I tune out, man. Like I'd, you know, I'll scrub through. I think that's what they call that, right? Scrub through when you go, you move the bar and shit. And and I just try to like get fucking further into the show if it's just WWE shit they're talking. I just don't care. Um, but but anyway, so I stopped dealing with with Mish and Joey and stuff. And you know, like I always feel weird about like the delete off Facebook type thing because like it's petty. I mean, Facebook is Facebook. I mean, I take all shit at face value as far as if you talk shit to me online, I feel that's how you fucking feel straight up. I'm not one of these dudes that says, it's only online, it doesn't matter. Like, no, it fucking matters. Talk to somebody like you would talk to them to their fucking face. That, that's how I feel. But, I mean, if I'm just not fucking with you, you know I mean, I'll delete you off Facebook, whatever, you know what I mean? But anyway, so these dudes were still friends on my Facebook or whatever, and I just left them alone. I wasn't on this show fucking running them down every week or anything like that. Who gives a fuck, man? They do them. They're fucking very successful at what they do. Um, I, I, this is one of many hobbies I have, and it's, it's down fucking pretty low on the level of importance of, of how much it even matters to me. You'll see week in and week out whether I even show up to do this fucking show because a lot of times I don't give a fuck about a podcast. I just don't. You know what I mean? And I I highly, highly appreciate everyone who fucking likes that I'm doing this shit. And honestly, the, the, the support and acknowledgement that I've got within the past year is bigger than the, the other five years that I've been doing this because I've been doing this for six years now. And and if it wasn't for that, I probably would have stopped this shit already because it cost me a fucking $100 a month. And there's there's no payback, man. There's no There's just like, all right. That's some good shit, and, and you know, and occasionally I get somebody that says some really nice stuff, and you know, or, or says they really like an interview that I do, and and that's what makes it worth it. So, um, that's a. Uh, well, I had to, I had to close my Facebook or whatever it was on my ear. I got a new phone too. I got a, a iPhone 6s, so uh, that that's cool. But uh, anyway. 
so, you know, I, I just stopped fucking with them. You know, I did, I stopped talking to them, and that was it. You know what I mean? That was it. But, you know, you also start to do some motherfucking inventory because when it comes to somebody who's supposed to be friends and this and this, by any stretch of the imagination, I got motherfuckers from all over the fucking place on my supposed, you know, quote-unquote friend list. When I fucking post, like, yo, I'm fucking three years sober today, I get, like, a fucking hundred likes or 90-something likes or whatever the fucking case is, and I even told Nina after that shit, I said, man, looking at this shit, I should have 90-something friends on Facebook. Because if you can't click that little fucking thumbs up on some shit like that in my life, then you ain't shit to me. You know what I mean? You don't give a fuck about me enough to click that fucking thing, then there is not a motherfucking thing I could post that you give a shit about. That That's just my feelings on things. You know what I mean? So when, like, things like that pass, and there's no fucking, there's no Anthony Missionary Thomas fucking likes this. There's no fucking Joey Numbers likes this. You, you motherfuckers ain't friends. You don't give a fuck about me. So it is what it is. You know what I mean? I just take inventory on that shit. I don't get fired up and go all out on this shit. But here's here's what fucking gets me. Because that last week, this fucking dude, and, and he's, I know I'm all over the place with this, but look, I got a fucking message, like, whatever, right after the Zandig show with the Janela coming off the roof. I got a message from a dude who's, uh, you know, quote unquote friend on my on my page, who's a wrestling soup listener. He fucking private messages me and goes, "Hey man, Mish wants to do. Did you go to the Zandig show?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Mish wants to do a short interview with you about it." And I said, "Dude, I haven't talked to that dude in over a year." And he goes, "Yeah." He said he feels bad about that, but he just he just wanted to talk to you about the you got to get the fuck out of my face with this shit because I'm a grown ass man and you're telling me that another dude wants to fucking interview me and feels bad and I'm like what the fuck is this and I don't even think that's something that the dude told him to say but he said that openly on his podcast apparently. Yeah, I'd like to have J-Cat on. I think he went to it. But, yeah, I feel bad I haven't talked to him in all this time. So he feels bad. And, again, since then has been fucking three years of sobriety. Not a like clicked on that motherfucker, right? So what does fucking, fucking passive-aggressive dude do? Fucking posts on my fucking wall after, after he finally gets around to listening to the fucking – he doesn't listen to my show – but he listened to the fucking Eric show with me as a guest. What it sounds like a fucking two fucking tin cans and a string in between them. And where Eric asked me that fucking question. And as I just explained the AR Fox situation, it was exactly that. He posts this fucking big three paragraph joint. That's like, uh, Hey man, uh, I had no idea after all these years that, uh, we were directly, he quote unquote directly. I should have screenshotted the shit before I deleted it earlier. But uh, it, we we were directly um, responsible for AR Fox not being on your show. We were merely plugging it to to um, you know to drive listeners to your shit and this and this. And I'm like, first off, I'm like, he clearly didn't listen to what the fuck I said because like I said, their show was hilarious. 
I said that what they were doing was great, but it just sucked for me standing there with no guests on the other side of things. You know what I mean? That was my standpoint. But the fact remains where, no, I, I, I do have a problem with this dude. Again, now we're like, I'm fucking fired up and like, I got a fucking problem with where just I'm done with him. So I, I, I said the one message like, dude, like you must have misheard what I said. I never blamed you guys for doing what you were doing. It, you know, circumstances came about where it just sucked for me or whatever. And then I followed it up with another message and said, dude, and like, I fucking, my problem with you is something that I have. Cause he said something like, um, you know, you should have talked to me instead of, uh, you know, after all these years, you should have just said something to me if you had a problem rather than putting it out on a podcast. And first off, like I said, I didn't bash them. I didn't say that they were at fault. I didn't blame them. I didn't. What the fuck do I have to hide from? Why the fuck would I say? What the who do you? Does anybody out there think I'm scared of another fucking podcaster? That I would say some shit, but I wouldn't say it to their fucking face on Facebook. The fuck out of it. Well, what the fuck is this immature fucking high school bullshit, man? I left high school. I can't deal with that type of environment, man. That doesn't make me a fucking smarter person. That just happens to be a situation where I don't work well in those environments. So, I, you know, again, and then and then I just followed it up, followed it up with, like, the dude. You're saying, like, I should have told you or this and that. I do have a problem with you, and the problem that I had with you, I talked to you about several times. And every time I saw like, dude, because I would tell him, like, but, you know, I really appreciate you plugging me. I really appreciate You can ask anybody who, who fucking plugs my show, the hot tag and this and that. I'm very appreciative. I'm always fucking, hey, man, I really appreciate that shout out. Sometimes, you know, we'll go into, you know, 10 minutes of talking about something that I said or something. And I'm like, fuck, man, I really appreciate that. That's, that's fucking awesome, you know, and they've always been super, you know, nice to me and shit. And I, I, I just genuinely appreciate that shit. I try to return the favor the best I can. Now, um, this dude, I had mentioned to that, uh, him on, on several occasions, like, dude, you forgot me again for three weeks, you know, and I'm not like all over that shit. So it, it's generally going to take a couple weeks. Like I would listen to it. No plug. I would listen to it. No plug. And finally, the third week, I'm like, man, I got to say something to this dude. And I'd be like, hey, man, like, you haven't plugged me in like a fucking month or whatever. And this is <laughs> no Beckham on any of this shit, man, because this shit sounds crazy. But um, <laughs> the fucking podcast lingo. Uh, so, you know, and I would say shit to him, oh, sorry, you know, I didn't know you were still doing a show. I thought you were taking time off. And again, man, you fucking post it. I post it on my fucking Facebook every motherfucking week. I mean, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy to act like you didn't know it existed. So it is what it is. Like I said, I don't know what the motivation was. I don't know what the problem was. But as far as me not saying something to do that I had a problem with, I had a problem with it. I fucking addressed it. Nothing changed. I moved on. And that was it. But he takes this fucking passive-aggressive stance and fucking you know, writes it on my fucking Facebook wall. All right. So that, that was that situation in a, in a, in a hole and that was it. And then after I posted that, I noticed he deleted me. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, not a problem. 
But you know what I mean? Like, again, his fucking, his wife liked the fact that I was, uh, you know, three years sober. She clicked like on that shit. That was worth her clicking fucking like. When I would post some long shit about me finishing a fucking race that was brutal as fuck and I pushed through it and this and that, she would think nice enough to click fucking like on that shit. This dude didn't have the time in his fucking day to do that. When I had my fucking, my my dream guest was fucking have Zandig on the fucking show for years. That was such a huge fucking deal. I fucking get Zandig. I don't get a like clicked on that motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. It's just you take inventory. And and it, more and more, I'm just starting to be like, dude, like I'm, I'm really about to go through this fucking Facebook like a fucking hurricane because, I, like I said, I should have had 96 or however many likes were on that shit. I, that's how many fucking friends I should have on Facebook. Because if you can't be happy for me when some good shit's going on, then I don't fucking need you around. I mean, it, there's been a lot of fucking people who I, I've seen that in. They just kind of fucking hang out and linger on your fucking page. You don't have to be happy for me at every fucking step of life, but, I mean, there's some monumental shit that, like, if you posted some shit, like, you wouldn't even get that motherfucker to be like, all right, there you go. I mean, no, what it, that clicking like shit. I mean, there, there's nothing to that. <laughs> like, shit is crazy, crazy as fuck when people go out of their way to just not take value in your in whatever goes on. I mean, it. So I don't know. I, I personally, I see that as some bullshit. Um, now I'm gonna go ahead and address this other thing too, and then I'm just gonna it's fucking over, and that's it. And it's not it's not going to continue. I'm not going to go back and forth. If I hear some shit, I'll respond to it. But I'm not listening to anything to hear anything. I'm not friends with these fucking people on Facebook. This is what it is, man. I love my life, man. I don't need people who I met through the fucking computer or a fucking podcast, which is one of fucking 20 hobbies that I got that I probably care least about. You know what I'm saying? I like speaking my fucking mind and doing some shit, and maybe some people give a fuck and want to listen to it, and I appreciate that. But it's not the fucking beginning or end of my world, man. I got a lot more important shit than this going on. But let me address the other fucking thing, because the plugs at the end of the show are going to be a little fucking shorter. Um, the other dude, Andrew Carluck. Andrew Carluck did Stern Nation. Stern Nation was a podcast that was a wrap-up show at a Howard Stern show. They had their own wrap-up show, but he wanted to do his own wrap-up show of their wrap-up show, which is fine, man. I'm a Stern fan, so I would listen to him, and I would listen to him doing what he's doing. And, you know, hey, man, he, he did a good job. He, he, he um, you know, he hooked up with a bunch of other people from the Stern show. He'd have, you know, different guests on, on the show that you, you know, whack packers and, and shit like this. So, you know, he, he did he did well with that. Um, when he first started the the, the fucking uh, Stern Nation, he had two co-hosts. And there was a chick that was uh, Bree, Brienne something, and then there was Stephanie. And Stephanie ended up being long-term co-host. The other one left. And it's like this was like a theme that I continually saw in Andrew's life. And I don't fucking, again, I don't know Andrew personally. I don't know him. I don't, I, he lives in like Virginia, I believe. Um, and he, so 
every time with him, it's always like a meltdown, fucking like police involved, fucking investigation type fucking meltdown with his relationships with these people. And these again are people you met through the fucking internet or a podcast or some shit. This is how he knows these people, being mutual fan of some other shit together. So this this is, you know, and that that third co-host was just like complete fucking meltdown and he would be on on the podcast and then it would become like the the name we we will not mention when they would mention like like that kind of passive aggressive shit. So I'm like, all right, man, maybe maybe she's a crazy bitch. I don't know. I'm on fucking team Andrew. You know what I mean? And I, you know, one thing I will always give fucking Andrew credit. Andrew would play my fucking like a piece of my intro before his fucking intro. That's how this fucking dude would plug me. This dude would fucking. I I never heard anything like that. That was fucking crazy. It would sound like my show was coming on. You'd hear Yakuza, Yakuza, and then like they play a minute of it and say to yo, Blog Talk Radio, da 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 and then and then his music would start. It was the craziest fucking thing ever. And I couldn't have been more appreciative of it. And this is why I, I never stopped fucking as of the last show. You can go back on the fucking Viking show. I think that was the last one I did, right? And at the end of the fucking show. Fucking Andrew Carluck, or the show before that? Maybe not the show. Maybe not the last show because I think he was talking about he was done with the Artie Quitter podcast and he didn't know what he was doing next. So if, if if not that one, the very one before that because he had some stuff going on and I didn't have anything to plug, so I wouldn't have plugged it. You know what I mean? But um, but it wasn't like an issue. It was because I didn't know what the fuck was going on with him. So why plug something that no one's going to have anything to do? So anyway, um, so there was a big meltdown there. And then, um, he was part of the, uh, there's like a stern Facebook fan thing, whatever. And, And it's like a, like a group, giant fucking group. And any kind of group like that, I always find is flooded with assholes. Because it's just like, and I found this shit with like fucking anything you could find that you like. You find a group of that shit, and you're going to find people that like the same thing as you that you would like to see fucking pass away. That's what you're going to find. That's on the Facebook groups. I hate Facebook groups. Hate it, dude. Like if it's wrestling, that's match wrestling especially. I could find groups that are just like the piece of shits on the fucking world and you will get into these fucking arguments and discussions and fucking all of this with them. And, and you, you have to think like, how the fuck did I get into this group of assholes? I've had it with fucking Niner groups, like fucking 49er groups. You get in there and next thing you know, you're like, how the fuck do these people even like the same team as me? They're fucking assholes. And again, like there's good people in in every one of these groups, but the larger the group, the larger the amount of assholes. And it's like, dude, I'm not even friends with you on Facebook, and I gotta listen to your shit every day. Like, fuck it. Groups are stupid, man. So, um, this was a stern stern group or whatever, and he would go in there and he would play fucking nice with every fucking female in there. They were like best friends. Everybody was fucking best friends with him. Oh, yo, Andrew, you're so sweet. Andrew, you're so sweet. To the point where it was like, all right, like you, you still you don't know these motherfuckers. You would you would hook up with them like occasionally at like stern gathering things. Like they would have like a you know Ronnie Munn's block party, and he went to like a, a couple of them. They had like a 
another party where, you know, everybody was there. I think they had some shit in AC. Maybe that was the Ronnie Moe party. I don't know. So they, And then they would all get together and go out somewhere or whatever. Half of those fucking people. And this dude went to Jackson or, or somewhere. He was, like, in Seaside or Jackson, somewhere, like, right around here, like, within, like, a half hour of me. And I was like, you know, we were talking, like, oh, shit, man, you know, we should get together and fucking hang a little bit. You know what I mean? You know, go out, get something to eat or something like that. And even that night, he blew me off for another one of these broads on a fucking, on the, the Stern Facebook group thing. Which I'm like, all right, whatever. Where, what do you think their relationship's like right now? Blocked. Blocked, banned, fucking flagged, fucking all that shit. Not even, like, not talking no more, like, no access to each other's shit. That's all, like, they blocked him. He's off the fucking Stern Facebook super group. The fucking guy who runs it, Andrew's telling me how they had fucking FBI investigations and this and that of this fucking guy. And he's a fucking, he's a psycho and he did this and he did that. And people are fucking with him in real life and all of this shit. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how any of this goes on because like, again, I don't go that route with people. You know, I fuck man. What the fuck? My relationship with him was that. Like, I do a podcast, you do a podcast, cool, man, I'll plug each other's podcast. And then, like, when I wasn't going to do a podcast because I didn't have the fucking $100 a month, he was cool enough to let me fucking do my podcast for, like, three weeks. It was almost a whole fucking month on his on his fucking feed. And, and I again, I appreciated that, and I offered him to do the same thing for him several times, and which he acknowledged on the air and all that. So it wasn't, like, a you know, a myth. But, um... So all that shit completely melted down. Now the thing with Stephanie, she had um she you know had a lot of like real life stuff going on. She had a real, you know, a business startup. She had remember the ice cream truck thing I plugged a while ago. Um they they make their own ice cream, you know. I mean super nice. She just got married. Um the whole nine. So she had a lot of real stuff going on and she just didn't have time to do a show anymore. So the podcast thing went away for her. Well, Andrew took it as, like, he can never have another co-host if it's not Stephanie, which, you know, hey, man, it is what it is. But to me, it's weird because if if you have a topic you like to talk about and your co-host no longer wants to do that, then that's not crazy for you to find another co-host. I mean, but, I mean, hey, I mean, that's his agenda. That's his his uh, prerogative or whatever. So, you know, there was no heat between them. They're still great friends and everything else. So, um, But, like I said, a lot of these fucking relationships with him – we're just fucking hellfire and brimstone. And it, I, how many times can you look and go like, that's him. That's not them. That's him. Eventually you got to go like, who's the fucking problem here? Like me. I didn't fucking do anything to this dude fucking personally. I'm not going to go on some fucking crazy fucking sending shit to his house or any of that fucking wacky shit that he talks about. If some shit starts happening in my fucking life that's fucking weird from some other fucking state, I, dude, I, I I know where it's coming from. It's fucking crazy. The shit that this dude does is fucking crazy. And he's done it before where he fucking bullies people. He was doing it with the fucking Mass Maniac. And I was having fun with that shit too because I think Mass Maniac a fucking racist clown. And I was talking shit too. And he'd talk shit back to me, call me a faggot, call me all this stuff. And, hey, fine. That's, I mean, that's what comes with the fucking – that's what comes with the shit. 
you start calling people some shit, they start calling you some shit. And that's pretty much how it went. He started taking offense to it and going into this, like, depression hole. But he was fucking gung-ho, chest out, fucking shit-talking until somebody hit a nerve and then he was fucking really hurt personally and this and this. This is the same fucking thing that happened. So now, um, fast forward to, he fucking tells me, now they're doing the Artie Quitter podcast deal. Um, Yeah, Artie Quitter podcast, that's what Artie Lang's podcast is, one of my favorite podcasts on the fucking internet. Um, Now he's doing like a wrap-up show to that, so he's calling Artie Quitter Nation. And the thing is, you know, Andrew's big on the Twitter and all of that. But he'll he'll go that route where he says, I'm in a Twitter war with such and such. And he asked me, did you see my Twitter war with such and such? He knows I'm not on Twitter, but he would mention it to me. You see my Twitter war with such and such. He had um, – he didn't like this one dude who's on the show, uh, Mario Bosco. I guess he's an actor or something like that. He's an annoying dude. He's on fucking Artie's podcast a lot. And he's a dude he has some kind of like um, – he he has some kind of like um, I don't know if it's a disease or uh, I, I don't know what it is. Some kind of you know dysfunction that he never like fully progressed into like he, I think he's like in his forties, but he looks like like a twelve year old lesbian. Um, like he he looks like a chick, like. He doesn't look like a grown man, and he and he talks like really tiny. It sounds like a little kid or a chick is on the on the line with Artie. So yeah, he's annoying and all of that. But that's kind of like Artie's gimmick, because he brings on like a guy that he could just really fuck with. Uh, he used to do it with Mike Boschetti, and now he does it with with uh, Mario Bosco. Well. For whatever reason, Andrew decided, I don't like this fucking guy, and he went at him on fucking Twitter. Now, the way he described it on his podcast, because Andrew's fucking podcast, he, he named it like, how do we solve a problem like Mar- Maria, like calling him, calling Mario Maria like a chick. And on the podcast, his fucking co-host was like, when did you start like really, really disliking him? Because this seemed like it came out of nowhere, like. You you didn't like him, but like you weren't like gung ho about it. Now all of a sudden you're pretty gung ho about it. And he 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 said himself, "Well, I'm like busting his balls, but I'm busting his balls pretty hard." And I don't know if he could take it. So this was his standpoint then. He was busting his balls. Now what happened next was. He kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And I went back, you know, Andrew seems to think that I only overheard what they said on the show or what he told me, but I went on the fucking Twitter and I read a bunch of the shit that he would say. He'd, he'd tell fucking uh, Mario Bosco shit like, oh, well, you're, you know, like short jokes and fucking he'd say, you know, I'm smart, you're stupid, like, it's kind of more of, like, an inside deal, because Artie would say that in Bill Maher's voice on his show, and, like, you know, like, but Andrew's not part of the fucking show, just because he does a podcast about another podcast doesn't mean you're really part of the show, so you can't just go on Twitter and start fucking berating a guy who doesn't fucking know you, just because a a world-famous comedian is berating him on the show, 
doesn't mean you as a fan of the show could just jump on, also berate him, and he's supposed to just take it in stride and fucking pat you on the back and go, that was a great joke, Andrew. Keep him coming. So he, and I think he was kind of bantering with them, and he called Andrew a fag. And Andrew himself, oh, now look, man, I fucking, I am not against the word fag at all. I I have no problem with gay people. I, it, you know what I mean? It's not an issue with me, but I don't censor my fucking language for that. I'm from Jersey, and fag comes out of your mouth pretty fucking fast. It just does, and it's not uh, it's not aimed at gay people. You know, they say, like, well, there's people who called gay people fags and then killed them. Well, I'd focus on the part where they killed them, not what they called them beforehand, because I'm not a person who's ever going to, you know, inflict harm on a gay person because they're gay. I'm not ever someone who's ever going to, you know fucking uh make sure that i stop a gay person from advancing in life there's not going to be a a part of me that hinders a gay person from living the the quality life they could live but i'm going to say the word fag and faggot and homo and all that shit in regular conversation and and it's not generally going to not even be talking about gay people that's just within my lingo and shit so that's just that's just me and amongst that Artie Lang is a fucking dude that, again, he's from fucking North Jersey. That's in, like, every fucking fourth sentence of of his fucking conversation is fag. So if you're going to do a wrap-up show on Artie, which is like a a stem off of that, so you're trying to more or less piggyback off of their audience, which is the same thing with the Stern show. It's like they have the biggest audience in the fucking world Stern show. So now you do something Stern related. Oh, I wonder why you got to follow it. I mean, it's come on, man. So anyway, he fucking, he, he says this, then Mario calls me a fag. And Andrew says these words. I feel uncomfortable even saying that word. I'm just going to say F you have no business doing a fucking Artie Lang wrap up. show if you feel that uncomfortable about the word fag that you need to say F in a sentence, that sounds like a crazy person talking. That's what that sounds like. That sounds like a fucking nut job talking that you as a grown man feel uncomfortable saying the word and you're going to replace it with the letter F stop, man. Fucking stop. You're doing a wrap up show for Artie fucking Lang. I'm not saying that your name should be, you know, everybody's a faggot nation. I'm just saying, like, it shouldn't be that fucking uncomfortable when mentioning what somebody else said. And now you're super depressed because he said that. And now you're going on the attack and attack and attack. Well, the dude blocked him on Twitter, as well as several other Artie fans that were tired of hearing his shit. Several other people that... Weeks previous, he was talking on his own podcast that he was friends with these people. So you see how from one moment to the next, people go from friends with him to blocking him on all fucking social media. Because he he doesn't know when to fucking stop. He pushes and pushes and pushes like a fucking bully. So now, again, man, that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get into fucking Twitter wars. He wants to get into fucking Twitter wars. So... Let me try it because I didn't even plan on doing it. I would have pulled the fucking clip. I definitely would have pulled the fucking clip from Artie if um, if I would have known that I was doing this tonight. But um, anyway, he uh, Artie goes on the show, 
And Mario starts talking about how this fucking guy on Twitter and this and that. And Artie goes off. Artie goes, he's like, you know what? You're not talking to who you think you're talking to. You're talking to a woman in a mental asylum who needs to take fucking, uh, he needs to take um, opiates for, for the gout. And now she's constipated. And he's like, you're you're talking to you're talking to a gorilla. You're talking to a woman who's in an enclosure, like one of those get-arounds or one of those buggies. He goes, and you know what they do? They they change their name on Twitter to something nice, like Andrew Carluck. Like Artie went on, and I didn't even do it justice because Artie Lang is fucking you know a way higher caliber fucking roaster and stuff like that. And then later in the show. He said something like uh, he told Mario he's still fucking with Mario about it. And he's like, he's like, all you care about is Scott Bayo. The only thing on your mind is Scott Bayo and Andrew Carluck. And I fucking died laughing because this is a dude that I'm fucking, I'm, you know, I, I'm talking terms with. We're cool. And I fucking, I paused my fucking thing, wrote down all of it word for word, and posted it on my Facebook and tagged Andrew in it. Because as far as I'm concerned, if I do a fucking Artie wrap-up show, and then Artie fucking mentions my name in some crazy tirade like that, Artie rips apart celebrities all fucking day on every fucking podcast. So if all of a sudden he's ripping some fucking jerk-off from Virginia that happens to be me, fucking, uh, he's ripping me on his fucking show... And I do a show about his show. I don't care how much shit he said about me. I'm going to fucking clip that. And it's going to be my new intro. And what the fuck? What the fuck? So, of course, I think that's fucking hilarious. And if I was Andrew, that would have been my new fucking intro. So, I fucking post that and tagged Andrew in it. If I was trying to be a jerk off, I wouldn't have tagged fucking Andrew in it. So, then he goes, what is this? People are bashing me again. And I'm like, no, dude, Artie said that shit on the show. He goes, yeah, I've been in a major funk about it all week. For like three days, I've been in a major funk depression about it. And I'm like, dude, I would have thought that shit was funny and I would have used it. And he's like, yeah, well, you don't, you don't understand how I am or you don't understand. uh, I don't take things lightly. Or some shit like this. And I'm like, well, fuck, dude. Like, you, you know, you're going at this fucking dude pretty hard, but you don't understand, and I'll never tell anyone the whole story. I'm like, fucking whatever, motherfucker. I'm like, all right. So then that's that, right? Fucking tonight, out of nowhere, this this whole fucking Anthony Missionary Thomas fucking thing where he posts on my wall happened, like, last Saturday or something, right? So, and, and... Oh, oh, let me go let me go one further. Actually, I forgot the part that really fucking nailed the coffin for me with Andrew. Andrew fucking tells me, "Oh, that's all right cuz Mario is going to fucking Mario's going to get a fucking uh, a knock on his door or something and he goes, "The FBI just got an anonymous tip about Mario tax ev- Mario uh for tax evasion." Because Mario, Mario Bosco, this fucking dude, he goes to fucking, like, the Five Below and the dollar store and buys candy and shit, right? And he lives by, like, 
I don't know, somewhere in fucking New York area. And he goes down by, like, the water and shit when they're having events or, you know, and the, the tourists are all around. And he fucking sells candy for a couple bucks, you know? Go down to the fucking store, buy a bunch of shit, and then go down there and fucking sell it for an extra buck, you know? Fucking rake in. So he he's doing that. Andrew goes, this guy's not, he's not uh, reporting that money to the fucking FBI, so they just got an anonymous tip. And I'm like, dude, you got to be fucking kidding me. And he goes, no, that's how I feel. I'm like, fuck. So right there, I was like, fuck this dude. Motherfuck this dude. Again, I only know this fucking dude from over here in fucking Jersey. And we do fucking podcasts, and we've done decent little fucking, you know, cross-promotion and business and this and this. But you got to do a fucking Twitter war with a fucking dude, and you're calling the FBI to try to get this guy fucking nailed for tax evasion, for not reporting money on fucking candy? Are you out of your fucking over-fucking-sized head? What the fuck is wrong with you? That's not the type of dude I want to talk to, ever, ever. So now, like, I got the back of my head, like, yo, fuck this dude. So he's, now he's like, I'll never listen to Artie's show again and shit like this. This is a dude that was doing a fucking wrap-up show to do the show. But now that his name was mentioned in a not-so-nice way, now he goes, I can't ever listen to that show again. So I think I'm done. And meanwhile, his co-host had already quit on him because he saw the shit he was up to and was like, fuck that. I got other shit to do, like, every night. Like, I'm busy all the time now. That That's the type of shit he did. So Andrew started talking about trying to start up another fucking wrestling podcast where they go over Raw every week or whatever the fuck, and you'll see how that turns out. But um, I won't because I fucking don't give a shit. But anyway, so so then fucking – but that's not the type of dude I want to talk to ever. I mean, what kind of shit is – that's not man shit. That's not man shit at all, man. That That's like fucking sitting in your fucking house at, at 75, 80 years old, staring out the front window and waiting for the fucking kid's ball to come on your yard, taking it and fucking walking inside. Now you don't get your ball back. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's fucking grumpy old man, you know, dirtbag shit that you have nothing to fucking do, so you're fucking with other human beings' lives. It, it's just, it's not cool shit. It's not like, okay... He really upset me, so now here's what I'm – what kind of fucking bitch-ass dude are you? You're not my type of fucking dude. So tonight – so anyway, so so I kind of felt like, all right, so so I asked him um, – I sent him a text like last week or something like that. And I was like, so what's next? Like I am Rappaport Nation. You know, it's another podcast or whatever. And he's like, no, it might help if I found him actually funny if I was entertained by him at all or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever, you know. So, and then fucking tonight, he, like I said, the, the, the post with the wrestling soup dude went on my wall last Saturday. And I just kind of forgot about it. Like I said, everybody's deleted, you know, as far as friends, he deleted me and all that. And was what it was. And then uh, all of a sudden tonight, he likes the post that that dude put on my wall. I'm like, fuck this. I delete the post, and I send him a text, and I'm like, hey, dude, why don't you try liking something positive? Because, again, let's go back to the motherfucking three-year sober post. Not a motherfucking Andrew Carluck on that list. You know what I mean? Bitch-ass dudes like this. They play the fucking game they want to play, and then when it comes down to it, they want to pretend like we were friends or we were close. You guys don't know a motherfucking thing about me. 
you're way off there in whatever podcast land you are, and I live a whole different fucking life. You see, I run fucking races. I take care of my animals. I love my kids. I mean, the list goes on and on to the things that I do that has nothing to do with your life. And just like that, the shit is gone. It's over. It's done. We don't mention each other again. That's the best way to go about shit. That's the very best way to go about shit. So, um, he fucking likes it. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, why don't you like some positive shit? And he goes, I just might. And I said, hey, man, why don't you cut the passive-aggressive shit and be straight up? I was like, because that, that's what the fuck I, I do, is I'm straight up. And he's like, oh, really? You're not passive-aggressive? And then he tweets, you know, he, he uh, copy and pastes the fucking uh, I am Rappaport Nation joke back to me. And I'm like, yeah, that was a joke, man. Like, it, you know, I was fucking with you, like. Oh, you know, this and that, like the grudge you held about the other shit. And I'm like, dude, it's it's fucking, I stopped dealing with him. Just like I'm going to stop dealing with you. That's it. You know what I mean? And it's just like these motherfuckers don't get it. I am not at the point in my life where I'm looking to play fucking little fag games. And I know that word makes you really uncomfortable, but you're acting like a fag. You're acting like a complete fag. Calling the FBI on motherfuckers because they didn't report fucking candy money and shit because you had a Twitter fight with them. You're a fag. That's what you're acting like. You're acting like a fag. I don't know. You don't like that fucking thing. Maybe this will be the one fucking show of mine you listen to because you just had this fucking discussion with me before we before I went on the fucking air. I don't care. I don't give a fuck what you think about me. It is what it is. I'm proud of my fucking life. I love my fucking life. I don't love fucking podcasting quite as much. Uh, I have no plans on stopping this shit. But, again, the frequency just depends on how much I feel like doing this shit. It is what it is. Um, On the positive side of things, um, I got my own cartoon made. Well, not a cartoon, but my own drawing made by Alex Mahoney. She's um, extremely talented. Um, everybody go check her out on, uh, Facebook, check her out, Alex Mahoney Art, and, um, she's just tremendously talented, um, you can see the the picture on my page, um, just put it out there, um, that, like, it really depends, you know, on how much detail needs to go into the picture, you know, more, the, the more detail, the more expensive, obviously, um, what she did for me cost me 40 fucking dollars, man, and that, that is, like, enough, that is fucking, that's some beautiful shit right there. I never thought I'd have like a drawing of my fucking my back and my tats and stuff like that. And I, and I think that's just fucking awesome. Hit this girl up, man. If you are a wrestler and and you want to get a fucking design done for a t-shirt, stop having your shirts look like garbage, man. Hit this girl up. She's going to be able to do something awesome for you. Send it over digitally and then you could just fucking run with it and print out those fucking shirts that look good. Instead of the bullshit motherfuckers are out there selling for 20 and $25 one-sided bullshit t-shirts. Take your little bullshit t-shirt and put that shit on the back of the shit that she designs for you or something. You know what I mean? At least put out fucking two-sided shirts when you're charging people $25, $20. Fuck out of here. So, that's that, man. Um, definitely, like I said, uh, the sports den still exists in my list of plugs. I... Motherfuckers don't do shit to me. I, I'm I, I'm your friend forever, man. Like, I, I'm not one of these motherfuckers that goes out of their way to like. I, 
I laid everything out to you just now. The only thing that burned the fucking bridge with me and fucking Andrew is, like I said, get into all the fucking Twitter wars you want. Start, like, I'm the I'm the guy that calls the cops on the other guy for no reason because I don't like him and he upset me. That That's some shit I'm not, I don't get down with motherfuckers like that. I don't give a fuck about your podcast. Like I said, it was nice. He, he let me do my podcast on his show. Those three shows are burned. That's it. I mean, they're... They were on his fucking, on his feed. I'll never see him again. Doesn't matter. Life goes on, man. It it is what it is. Enjoy your shit, man. This is not going to be a continued theme. It's over. That's it. Enjoy. Go do your wrestling show or or whatever whatever you want to do, man. It is what it is. Like I said, I don't really fucking know you. We've had some conversations and all that. And just about any conversation. See, that's the thing, too. It's like I became a new fucking person. You know, three fucking years sober. I became a new person. I could be proud of every fucking thing I do. Not like, oh, fucking last night, man. I was a real dickhead. Oh, but fucking today, you know, I'm sorry about that. And now the rest of the day, like, you you know. uh, No, man. I'm fucking proud of today, yesterday, tomorrow, the fucking day after. I plan on making an example for my fucking kids and continue to live live that way. And I and I'm going to teach my kids not to fuck around with people that are snakes. Not to fucking deal with people that are like that. People that, that get off on fucking with people on Twitter and then get offended when a motherfucker fucks back. That shit's that shit's stupid. That shit's dumb as fuck. I don't know how to live that way. Part of why I don't like fucking Twitter to begin with. The more anonymous you could be on the fucking internet, the less I like it. My screen name for pretty much fucking everything is J Cat Morris. Because that's my motherfucking first, middle, and last name. And that's what that that's what it is. I don't want to be a fucking alias. I don't want to be some other motherfucker behind a picture of fucking a, a fucking Pokemon that that tells everybody they're a faggot online. I want to be what the fuck I am, man, and, and talk to people like fucking grown men. Or woman, whoever I'm talking to. You know what I mean? I, it just it doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm almost 40 years old, and so are the people I'm talking about. Those people are not on my fucking level. Not because, yo, I'm just better than you. Look at what the fuck I'm doing, how I'm conducting myself, and look at how you're conducting yourself. I mean, it's as simple as that. I'm not trying to fix nobody. Just doing me, man. So anyway, enough of that. Fucking over. Um, this, this fucking CZW show that comes up, man. They're calling it the boss's back, like Zandig's back, and this and that. It is booked like absolute garbage as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, fuck, man. I'm having my pepper party that day. So I will have to catch that shit on another day. Um, I did kind of let that whole um, reviewing the old CZW show slip. I'm going to get back to it. Um, I am going to start out Delaware Invasion within the next few weeks. Fucking promise, sort of. And, uh, yeah. But I mentioned the Hot Tag Podcast a bunch of times tonight. Definitely check them out. Um, I'll talk more about the CZW show next week because we've got a couple weeks. Um, like I said, I got nothing to, I got nothing to talk about with the WWE thing. Who gives a fuck? Um, glad to see Mox still has the title. Pull the Sasha Banks one on. 
And I'll tell you, um, oh, I'm sorry, not Mox, Dean Ambrose. I know that's such a Mark thing to do when you say the other thing. God damn it. All right, well, uh, at this point, I'm just going to fucking babble. So it is what it is. Uh, thanks for listening. If anyone listens to this whole fucking thing, I give you a lot of credit because it is it is not entertaining. Just not entertaining. Um. I just I just had to put this shit out there, you know what I mean? Like, and I and I stand behind the shit that I plug. And when I can't do that, I can't fucking plug it, and I'm not gonna just drop off of something and not let people know what's going on. And I'd imagine because, like I said, these people are fucking petty, man. So it's not gonna just go down where like they don't try to bash me or go at me or something like that. It's probably gonna be some bullshit. If anyone sees anything, let me fucking know, man. Because I, I try to stay the fuck out of any of this nonsense it's not it's, this is not part of what i do man this isn't this isn't my regular day-to-day it's like what do they say on twitter who gives a fuck man i don't know so anyway um um i know there's probably some more shit that i plan on talking about but fuck it i uh Let me see. Where the fuck is my outro? All right, there it is. All right, I'll check you motherfuckers out next week, hopefully. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Peace. I love all of y'all, and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. So what I make you good? Like Cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> You just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Juza Kiss Radio. Jesus! So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.